0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. This morning, I want to share with you and talk to you about walking in truth by faith. Walking in truth by faith. Our opening text is 3 John verses 3 and 4. There's only one chapter. Let's read the text this morning. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Notice the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest, notice, walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in, notice, what is true walk in the truth so it's so important for us to recognize and understand and know the need that we have to walk in truth and i really want to emphasize that here this morning and you're going to see why it's a very important reason but first of all let me ask you a few questions if you don't mind is that okay and if you answer correctly you'll get an a all right did jesus come he did didn't he We should never celebrate that as just a religious activity or event. You realize the second person of deity left the glory world behind and robed himself in human flesh to come to this earth for you and for me. Think about that. Wrap your brain around that. Number two, did he come and accomplish the thing that he he set out to accomplish? Did he? Well, that's true because he said himself, Father, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me with the glory that I had with you from the very beginning before I left to come down here to the earth. Number three, did he destroy the devil himself? Did he defeat him? Well Hebrews 2.14 tells us he became part of flesh and blood like we are. Why? So that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, the devil. Did he destroy the devil? Okay, well then next one, did he overcome death, hell, and the grave? well we just celebrated Easter which is resurrection morning, resurrection day and that means that death, hell and the grave couldn't hold him down, none of them he rose up victorious over all and he's the victorious Lord of all, right now another question, is he seated at the right hand of the majesty on high where he is now functioning in his present day ministry as high priest, mediator, advocate intercessor and surety of the new and everlasting covenant Does he stand behind every word of the new covenant and guarantee that he will see to it that it is made good on your behalf if you act in faith on what he has spoken in his word and said? Is that all true? Well, has he made salvation available to all mankind? Can anyone whosoever come and accept Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives and be saved, be born again washed in the blood of the Lamb? So far you got A's. Next. Did he come just To save us, meet our needs, and take us to heaven. You people are well taught. Well taught. No, not just to save us, meet our needs, and take us to heaven. He came to save us and make us his temple, to make us his dwelling place, to live inside of you, to live inside of me. And he came, praise God, as I said earlier, to live in people like us. What value does he see in us? Sometimes you have to admit you don't like living for who you are. You might not want to live in you. People say that all the time. (laughs) But you know what? He saw some value and worth in you. And he made a decision, I want to live in that person. I hear it all the time. I don't like who I am. Well, you know what? God likes you so much. He loves you so much. He values you so much that he made a decision to pack up his bags and live inside of you. You're his temple. You're his dwelling place here upon this earth. You're special. You're important. He also came to fill you with his love, to fill you with his power, to fill you with his spirit, To fill you up and transform your life. To turn you into vessels used for his honor and glory here upon this earth. And that's a mouthful right there. He wants to love people through you. He wants to deliver people through you with his power. He wants his spirit to manifest himself in you and through you. To accomplish his purposes in the earth like he did through Jesus our Lord. He also came to make you an ambassador, a representative of the highest order, serving him on this planet, carrying out the purpose of his will everywhere you go. Think about that. Jesus says, I've got to be about my father's business. You know, we should have the same mindset that Jesus had. We got to be about our father's business. I know we're busy. We got busy lives. But you know what? If we exclude being about our father's business, then we're really not doing the right work. Because every single one of us has a ministry of reconciliation as ambassadors for Christ to let people know that God loves them. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It is not guilt and condemnation that we heap upon people because they're not walking right with God and they're not serving God right. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance and they got to see God. You you know you're supposed to be and I'm supposed to be his living epistle read and known of all men. In other words they don't hear what you say, they see what you do and how you act and they see Christ in you, the light shining through your eyes because your choices, your decisions, the way you live like your life, the way you conduct yourself is like a magnet and it just draws them because they see you. They see you in the same workplace that you work, that they work and you've got a completely different demeanor and attitude about yourself because you know Jesus. You don't just know of Him, you are walking in truth. So also, jesus came listen full of grace and truth why to testify to the truth to witness to the truth why so that you and i can walk in truth now remember when we say the word walk we're now taking it beyond knowing to walk is to take a path a course of action you may have a walking path wherever you walk in your neighborhood you may walk my wife walks the dogs all the time so she walks this particular path But guess what? She can't just be standing there like this. What are you doing, honey? I'm being stationary with the dogs. No, walk the dogs. What does that mean? You live it out. A course of action. This is the course. This is how you live your life. Why is this important? Let me show you something. In John's Gospel 18, verses 37-38. This is Jesus speaking to Pilate. Pilate speaking to Jesus. New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Look at the next verse. A question so many people ask today, well, what is truth? And the sad part about that, he asked the question, turns and walks away. He didn't wait for the answer. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he's not guilty of any crime. Well, he should have waited for the answer. It might have impressed him. Why is this important? Because do you know ever since the fall of man, deception has ruled the world? not truth, deception has ruled the world, we can either take the path or walk along the path of deception, or we can walk the path of truth, and beloved, this is going to be a challenge for every single one of us for the rest of our lives, the decisions that we make will either be based on deception or truth, you know, it's almost deception when you get up in the morning and think that life is all about you. what did I say earlier about did he come just to meet our needs but you know how easy it is for us to get caught up in what we need and we want him to meet our need and if things don't go right if things don't go our way then we define God or we interpret him in our circumstances or the things that we're going through in life This didn't pan out, that didn't work out, and so therefore it may not be the will of God that this happens, that happens, or whatever's going on, and rather than look to truth, we stay walking along the path of deception thinking that this is how it is. Well, you know, it's not all about que at all. It's not about what will be, will be. It's about a decision that you and I make to discover the truth And walk in the truth and let the truth live through us. It's not about intellectually learning the word of God. It's about living the word of God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's living in you. What's the difference? One involves intelligence. The other one is spiritual revelation that produces action in the life of the child of God. I don't just say, okay, I know the Bible teaches tithing. I tithe. Big difference between the two, wouldn't you say? I don't want to just know that Jesus is my healer. I want healing. (laughs) What about you? In other words, we want to walk in the reality of truth, what belongs to us. I don't want to just say, I know I'm supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I want to be loving my wife as Christ loved the church. That's reality. That's walking in truth. I want to show you something here. Truth or deception. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. Something that Paul said that he was concerned about. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. Of all the things he could be telling this church, this church we know went through a lot of different things, but notice this here, he has a deep concern about their devotion to Christ to be what? Corrupted. How? Why? Just as Eve was deceived. To deceive means to present as truth what is a lie. That's his M.O. from the very beginning. Do you know that's how he began his whole attack against God and the things of God? Think about this. Go back to the very beginning with me just for a moment. And what do we see here? We discover that he deceived angels. Some say a third of the angels. Some say maybe not that much. Some say maybe more. It doesn't matter how many of the angels. We know they were deceived and we know that they followed him. But how in the world was he able to pull that off? Number one, it starts with him lucifer himself what does he do he studies god he studies spiritual laws he figures these things out in his head i guess and he makes a decision i think i got this together now and i am going to overthrow god i am going to see to it that i lift my throne and exalt my throne above the throne of almighty god he within himself originates this whole thing called deception if you want to say deceiving his own self to think that he could possibly pull this off but guess what he's so convincing he talks to these other angels and says you know what God's got some, there's I've got something more for you if you continue serving God the way you are here's the boundaries you're never go going to go beyond this but you listen to me and if you listen to me I'll take you beyond those boundaries and I'll give you more and more and more and more and so he finally convinced them follow me and together we will overthrow God and we'll rise up and we will control the universe. You see that in movies all the time, don't you? Everybody wants to be a superhero, control the universe, etc., etc. Why do you think that originated? Well, the devil himself. Well, guess what? His plan was thwarted when God Almighty says, You may think you know laws, you may think you understand, but you're being cast down to hell and your angels that follow you are going with you. Then he makes man in an image like this, right? Adam and Eve creates them. Puts them in a perfect utopia, a perfect environment, a perfect garden. He gives them authority and rule over all the works of his hands. And what happens? The same devil comes along and presents a truth or as truth what is a lie. And what does she do? Let's read it. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, New Living Translation. You won't die. You know, prior to this, he said, what did God say? And she said, well, if we eat this fruit, we're going to die. And what does he say? No, you won't die. See, the truth is really this. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God Knowing both good and evil. You know sometimes we just got to sit on the scripture and just pour over it. I'll tell you what if I can make a suggestion to you don't just read your Bible. Meditate the word. Did you notice something as I was meditating this did you notice something in that statement that he says as soon as you eat it you will be like God. Right? So what does she do? She gets her eyes off her environment She gets her eyes off what God said. She looks over at the tree and she begins to think, hmm, could this be a possibility? Could this be real? How many of you got it just by looking at that verse so far? Something that a lot of people miss. Something that she really missed. How did God make Adam and Eve? In his own image and she was already like God. God. She was already God, like God, Godlike. She was already there. It already existed. He crowned them with glory and honor. He gave them supreme authority over all the earth to, to rule the works of his hands, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every creeping thing upon the earth. And what they were supposed to do is procreate and fill the earth with the glory of God, with others that were in the same image of the living God, the most high God. That's what they were supposed to do. And he says something that's not true, but he presents it as truth, which is a really a, a lie to get her to think wrong. And we've been living the lie ever since. What I just say about if we think it's all about us, you know that where that mentality came from? Right there in Genesis chapter 3. It started with Lucifer. He put it inside of Adam and Eve. Adam was just, he wasn't deceived. He just followed her. Can you see that? Well, guess what Eve did? She put off from herself the image of God. And she put on the image of the devil, of Satan himself. She stripped herself of the likeness of God. And she clothed herself with the likeness of the devil. You don't believe me? It got so bad that she reflected the image of the enemy. There had to be a flood. Because the heart of man was so wicked that God said there's only one thing left to do. See, man was supposed to reflect the image of God in the earth. Not the image of the enemy of God. So when we talk about self-centeredness and selfishness and being self-willed and self-sufficient and all the self, 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 self things, that's exactly what happened in the fall. Man's focus is now not on what God created him to be, to fulfill his purpose, his destiny, his path that he had for their lives. Now, now they become as the devil was. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. You know why marriage is difficult in our society today? Because these two that are married have not stood before the throne of God and said, fill me with your love, with your power, with your spirit, so I can be changed to reflect your image so I can be the best wife to my husband that he deserves that I be. And the husband hasn't said Come in to my heart, my life, change me from the inside out, teach me your ways, your truth, I submit myself to your will, and fill me with your power, fill me with your love, fill me with your mercy, fill me with your grace, and give me the insight and understanding that I need so I can be the best husband that she deserves to have. That counseling session won't cost you a penny. It's free. I'll tell you what right now. People don't really need deliverance. They need truth. They don't need counseling. They need truth. And that is the truth. And when I start living for my reason. The way I'm supposed to live. The way my created purpose is. That will be the cry of my heart. When I get up in the morning. It won't be oh. Oh help me I need this I need that no make me the shining light open up my eyes help me to see people through your eyes of love so I can reach out to them and lead them to your saving grace or be a blessing anywhere and everywhere I go may my hands be empowered by your spirit so that wherever I go I can lay them on somebody and set them free deliver them you know healing doesn't come from without healing flows from within I've got the life of God in me. You've got the life of God in you. You've got the nature of God in you. It's not about self. It's about giving ourselves. What's the Christian life all about? If a man will follow me, Jesus said, come after me, deny. First thing is what? Deny self, take up your cross, and follow my example. In other words, deny yourself the right to live independent of God. That's exactly what Lucifer did. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did. Deny yourself that right to live independent of God. Take up your cross means submit your will to the will and purpose of God. Your creative purpose to be the person that God wants you to be. And follow me means look at his model and have a desire to walk in the same truth. The way he walked when he was here upon the earth. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. It's not all about just us. Look in the book of uh, John. John's gospel, chapter 8 and verse 44. Notice what Jesus said about the devil. And let me just say this too before we read that. You realize that he's not just a liar. He's the lie. He's not just a deceiver. A deceiver is who he is it's his name he's the deceiver okay you he's speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do he was a murderer from the beginning he abode not in the what truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father you know what the father is the originator the source, the beginning. He's the originator of it. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He uses lies, deceit to do what? Control people's lives. Look at the book of Revelation and we'll find out it's in the beginning. It's here now and it will be in the end. Look at this. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which, what's his job? Deceiveth the whole world. You know, we've been living in a lie. We've been living in deception. Ever since birth, we were born into the world of deception. How many of you had to train up your two-year-old to um, take back what belongs to them? Anyone? Wasn't it just built into them? Why do you think that is? How many of you had to train your child to brush their teeth? Everyone. things that are evil, things that are wicked, to lie, to cheat, to steal and all that and to scream and holler and fight, perfectly trained automatically trained, no school for them to go to, to be taught the behavior of selfishness, correct? but what about when it comes to walking in things that are right and just listen, we've had a son coming over to our house just to train our dogs be good to do the right thing see we need trained in truth and you know what the church has missed that especially over these so many recent years because it's and don't get me wrong when I say this because you know I believe in it and I preach truth I preach faith to receive from God and that's been really emphasized over the last so many years but I think we've kind of left out that it's more than that it's more than what I can get It's what I can give that counts. It's transform me so I stop being the selfish person, self-willed person, self-sufficient person that I think I am. Help me to break free from the training I received from spiritual death as it was in my heart that trained me to act a certain way. Help me, we're going to do that in a moment. Help me to stop thinking that it's all about me And my emotions really are in charge of my life. And I am who my emotions tell me that I am. Help me with my understanding of my identity. Who am I? Am I a feeling? Am I emotion? Is that what I am? Because you see, it's very easy for us to just live by those feelings and emotions that contradict the word of God, the will of God. Now, Jesus, when he came into this world, he came as the one who was testifying to the truth which we just saw. Look in the book of John chapter 1. Now we read this all the time around Christmas time. We talk about the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Right? The word was made flesh, but sometimes we're guilty of stopping right there. It says we behold his glory as the only begotten of the father. And what was he full of? Grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. And he came into the earth to do what? Testifies, he said, to the truth or witness to the truth. Why? Because the world was void of truth. Living based on how we feel, based on our emotions, You've heard the, the statement, the motto saying, if it feels good, remember that mantra? Remember that, how that was always, hey, if it feels good, just do it. You're an entity in yourself. God is really in your own soul, in your own mind. You're really, God is in your brain. That's who God is. Go to, you know, a lot of these new age teachings, that's what it is. It's all about you. It's about who you are. You know, way you think, if, if, it's feel, if it feels good, if it's the right thing that you think you should do, then you should just go ahead and be allowed to be that way. And we see it happening and escalating in our society even today. I never thought it would get this bad. you ever think it would get this bad? If you think you're a girl today, then use the girl's bathroom. If you think you're a boy today, then use the boy's bathroom. If you're undecided, then use the family bathroom, I guess. I don't, I don't know what you're going <laughs> to... That would be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. Can you say amen to that? The problem here is here. And here, can you see that? The truth liberates, the truth delivers and sets free. He came to testify to the truth. He came full of mercy, grace, and full of truth to why, what reason? To bring truth into the world in which we live. And that's why Pilate said, what is truth? No one knows. But Jesus said, I'm the truth. And matter of fact, look in Revelation in chapter 19, I believe it is. He was truth when he was here upon the earth. And when he comes again, notice this. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven. No, that's, that's the wrong scripture. Chap- chapter 19. This is Jesus. Chapter 19, Revelation 19, verse 11. Satan is the liar. Satan is the deceiver. And even in the end, he's going to be bound up into the pit so that he doesn't deceive the nations, which was that verse. We'll go back to that in just a moment. Notice this. Then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named, what's his name? Faithful and true. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. So when Jesus comes again, he's coming as faithful and true. Okay, go back to that other verse, chapter 20. Satan, when we enter the millennial reign of Christ for 1,000 years in chapter 20, notice this. I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which is the devil, and Satan and bound him a 1,000 years and cast him to the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. Why? Here's the reason. See, we get excited about that first part, don't we? Man, he's got his day coming. He's going to be bound for a thousand years. Why? That he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Can you imagine the world without deception? And after that, he must be loosed a little season. But just listen to what that's saying. From the very beginning, he started in deception. With Adam and Eve, he he deceived the angels. He deceived them or her, and then he followed. And from that point on, he's been trying to control the human race with the power of deception, which is all he has. That's his power. And it will continue on until he's bound up for 1,000 years in the bottomless pit. And for 1,000 years, he will not be allowed to deceive anyone anymore. Can you imagine living in a society that's deception-free for 1,000 years? Walking in perfect truth for 1,000 years? And I'll be honest with you, if we think that we're not deceived at all, we're deceived. You realize that? We don't know it all, do we? But my point was when Jesus comes again, he's coming. His name is true. His name, that's who you are. When you see him, it's truth. Didn't he say, I am the truth? John 17, 17, what did he say? Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Can you imagine if Pilate just would have waited one more moment? Jesus would have told him when he asked them the question, what is truth? I am truth. My word is the truth. I'm the truth made flesh. You're looking at the truth. Can you imagine that? Which is why he said to follow him. And all these people today, and I'm sorry to say, but in our society, it's it's a sad scenario and sad situation. Even in our government, they don't want to live by truth. People don't want to live by truth. Lies, deception, and all that to get whatever they want to get, and and so on. It's a corrupt society. And when you present the truth, guess what? People don't like it. They don't want to hear it. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further Did you ever think the day would come that abortion would go from first trimester to second trimester to third trimester to born and then if they decide they don't want it, kill it. And as one politician just recently said, how about this? Kill them in the womb or kill them later? You ready for that one? You talk about eyes that need to be open kill them in the womb. If we don't kill them in the womb, we just have to kill them later. It's time for the church to wake up and stop being deceived. Save the whales. Kill the babies. Save the whales. Kill the babies. Save the eagles. It's an American icon. Kill the babies. You think God's going to wink at that? God's going to turn his face away from that? Are you kidding me? It's time to wake up, church. It's time to wake up. And stop being deceived. And realize what we're going through. Realize what we're facing. Truth is at war with deception. Okay. A few scriptures here I want to throw out about truth. Look at First Timothy chapter 2. What are my favorite scriptures? Have I told you how many favorite scriptures I have? <laughs> have I told you yet how many favorite scriptures I have? Everyone's my favorite. Okay. Who will have all men to sa- be saved and get all their needs met and one day move on to glory with me who will have all men to be saved everybody say and once you get saved that's the very beginning of it all when you get saved it's time to and come to the knowledge of the truth god gave us this book his word why to communicate what is true and what is false he who created us has the right to govern us. Can you say amen to that? Do we believe that even a little bit? He's the creator, we're the created. People that worship the creation rather than the creator and they think that it's okay. They think that the earth came, earth came into being by itself. Some big old bang theory just took place and all of a sudden everything from chaos is in perfect order. This book gave us a re- gives us a revelation of who we are, where we came from, and where we are going. It's all right here. He gave us this truth so that we could live our lives and conduct our ways, our walks by the truth. Let me tell you about a lie. I, I said this on Wednesday night when I was teaching this. I grew up in a lie in church. A couple lies. Probably more than one lie. But where I grew up in church it was fear based if you didn't get your infant baby baptized that child would die in original sin if they died as an infant baby they would go to a place called limbo and they would spend a particular time there who knows how long or if they would ever come out or float around in outer space somewhere in this place called limbo and that's all there is to it so it was a fear based move where you were motivated by fear let me tell you something right now God doesn't use fear tactics at all and so obviously you've got to do what you have to do to get this baby baptized and you've got to do it quickly because you don't want them to die and be in this place called limbo number one no such place number two when babies die they go straight to glory to be with the living god and that's in scripture how do i know that david said i'm gonna go and be with him he wasn't even a week old i'm gonna go and be with him how does he know that he knew so he likes every man that comes into the world. If you die as an infant, you go straight to heaven. But the thing was, people are deceived into thinking, what about this one? I was taught also a place called purgatory. And in that place called purgatory, that's where you went to make atonement for your own sin. And no matter how good you were, how good you are, how much you practiced, what you did, say your prayers, all these penances, and all these things that you did, guess what? When you die, there's a certainty. You'll go to this place of suffering where you will pay for your sins the atonement for your sins until finally you're purged and cleansed and then you could move to heaven. And we were told, I was taught, I'm only giving you truth, I was taught that there were books and there were things you had to pray out and and there were candles to light, there were masses to pray and you paid for all these things, you paid for them, but here's the thing is, we were so duped. Guess what? My grandmother died, I was crushed. 1969, I was 18 years old crushed first close death in the family my, grand, my father's mother 59 years old young crushed i did everything i could i'll be by your grave grandma i'm going to say all these prayers i'm going to say a thousands of these and a thousands of those and a thousands of this i'm going to and i just went on to all the things i'm going to do i'm going to do i'm going to do all these things to get you out of that place called purgatory grandma i don't want you to be there any longer. but then i never thought how much is enough how many prayers how long is the sentence How long till she's purged? I have no clue. I have no idea. And so I just do it and do it and do it and you pay money for it. And so finally, when I finally went and I got saved, I got born again. I went to my minister and said, I really want to serve. I've been born again. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I want to serve here in the church. Can you help me? Where do I fit in? But I have a few questions to ask you. And I asked about that one. His response to me was, since you know it, we won't charge you any money for your dead loved ones. But the church has to make money somehow. When I asked the other one, like, call no man father upon the earth, how come we do it when we're not? Jesus said, don't do it. He said, you can't believe what's in that book. He said, church doctrine is above that. You follow church doctrine, not the Bible. You want to know why I made my exit? Because Jesus is the truth, He's the way. It's not just a wonderful scripture to quote. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Nobody comes to the Father except how? Through him. Look at, uh, so we're to be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. You realize we should be rolling up our sleeves, studying ourselves to be approved to God, rightly dividing the word of truth. You realize that? the scripture says they're ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth that should be our quest once we get saved we should be delving into this book digging into this book and saying holy spirit stop all this I want to learn history I want to learn this I want to learn learn that get a hold of the spirit of God and just say you're the revelator you're the one that reveals to me the truth we're going to see that in a moment but teach me show me instruct me and not just I can learn so I can learn it intellectually I want to live it I want the word to live in me and through me That's what I want. So when people see me, they see someone different than anybody else that walks in that place of of work and you look like everybody else. Look at John 8, 31, 32. Jesus speaking, then said Jesus to the Jews, said it to the Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Liberty comes from knowing the truth. Experiencing the truth. That word know is that great word epignosco and it talks about entering into the revelation entering into the knowledge it's like putting your finger in a socket and you become one with electricity and it just gives you a buzz right that's knowing it that's what he's talking about so in other words not just intellectually learning it but sitting there in the presence of the Holy Spirit and saying change me so that that becomes a reality to me too often people just want to say I read a a chapter today I read two chapters today great I'm glad you did but did it impact your life did it change your life did it make you a better person did it show you more love? Are you showing more love through, through your life? Are you being a brighter light everywhere you go? How you're living your life? That is what he's talking about. Changing us, transforming us from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. So we've got to stay in the Word. To know, if we're going to be free from deception, we have to know the truth, right? Look at the next verse. Here in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 13, I just quoted it. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, Who's the Holy Spirit called? You still out there, or have you gone home? What's the Holy Spirit called? Spirit of truth. What's His duty? He will guide you into all truth. You know what? We need a travel guide. When it comes to truth and understanding truth, we need a travel guide. We need the Holy Spirit. To give us the guidance that we need to understand what the truth is. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And will show you things to come. Now, let's roll up our sleeves. Are you ready for it? Okay, we need to know the truth. We need to walk in the truth. And if we've been saved, it's up to us to study, to show ourselves to be approved to God. A workman that not, need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to understand it. Now, here's the problem. In the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 16, here it is. We're we're probably going to stay on this for a little while. Is that okay? This subject for a little while? You ready for this one? This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Can I lay it out for us? Man's a tripart part being, spirit, soul, and body. I talked about this Wednesday night. Say it with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Okay, spirit and soul cannot be divided, okay? Can't be separated, I should say. We could divide them for, for you know, just distinction, to distinguish between the two, but the spirit and soul cannot be divided, so they're right here. The flesh is over here, the body. The moment you get saved, before that, before you got saved, you didn't have much conviction about anything. Lying, cheating, stealing, as long as you didn't get caught. I mean, and, and, right? Because the flesh, spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, and flesh all lined up with whatever we encountered in life. We had no rules, no guidelines, and et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden, when you got born again, your spirit and soul detached themselves from your physical body and called for war. Your flesh, my flesh, called for all-out war against spirit and soul. The flesh wars against the spirit. The spirit wars against the flesh so that we can't do the things we ought to do. And what happens is this. We've got the one in the middle, the soul of man, mind, will, emotions, and intellect right, right here connected to the spirit and soul. Now the spirit and soul can't be separated. The flesh, it can be separated from the flesh. And when you die that's proven to be true. The flesh stays here. Spirit and soul go to heaven and be with the Lord. Right? Or the other place. That's it. One or two places. But the flesh goes back to the dust of the earth. So the f- spirit and soul can exist without the body. Okay. No time to teach on that. But Here's the point: We've been so trained by the spiritual death that was in our soul that we're out here believing the lie, deception. And hey, if, you're, if you get me angry, I'm gonna get angry about it. You You pass me up on a road road rage, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. You never know what I'm gonna do. I forgot what you do. I, I just <laughs> I'm so trained to walk in love. I just just <laughs> go ahead. You want to do that? Do that. I guess. Anyhow, you get my point. We've been trained, we've been taught that you lash out. Did she smack you, smack her back. She holler at you, you holler her back. See, that's not walking in love. That's the flesh acting up and doing its own thing. Well, guess what? We're not to be controlled by our emotions, by our feelings, and by our flesh. Our flesh is not to dictate to who we are because they are not who we are. We're to be weaned from our emotions, David said in the book of Psalms. As a child is weaned from, his emotion, from the mother, I'm to be weaned from my emotions. But here's the problem we have allowed the devil to make us think that our feelings and emotions are who we are they define us that's me he rules the life by guilt and condemnation and shame in doing so but over here this new man even though you're a baby in Christ you're a newborn baby desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby here's what's happening your spirit man is growing by the milk of the word the milk of the word you get to the meat of the word you get stronger of the word and this flesh over here that used to tell you who you are sit down and be quiet you rise up above it and say get beneath me I'm not a feeling I'm not an emotion I'm not moved. I walk by faith not by you see the fight and look at Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2 we okay there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh our walk is not to be after the flesh but after who you are in spirit that's your recreated spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death we've got two laws at work if you're born again the law of the spirit of life is in your spirit over here the law of sin and death is in your flesh over here and guess what they're both vying for the soul that's in the middle remember the bible says trust trust the lord with all your heart lean not onto your own understanding and all your ways of knowledge him he'll direct your path that's the warfare over here my feeling says I'm sad I'm a victim and, and all of a sudden we feel like as though we, we're going to be a victim we're sad we got to be sad we got this cloud of emotions over top of us and they're going to rule our lives dictate our lives someone says something bad about you like your hair's all messed up looks kind of ugly today <laughs> and you got a pity party for a week <laughs> I'm a victim of someone's sarcasm and whatever that's flesh That's flesh. That shouldn't even bother us. I'm telling you, it shouldn't even bother you. You know why? Because that doesn't define me. That doesn't tell me who I am. You know who tells me who I am? The truth tells me who I am. Jesus tells me who I am. You know, when he says all that, you know, I, 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 my response would be, but I look good on the inside. You should see me. You should see me in my spirit. I'm telling you, I'm glowing and every hair is in place. And he knows all the ones that I lost. He put them back in there. They're all inside my spirit. And one day when this, this spirit and soul come up, come back to the earth and that body comes out, it's going to have a full head of hair. Everyone in place. Amen. You are not who you are in your flesh. You are not who you are in your emotions. We're to be weaned from our emotions. This is what the life of faith is all about. Walk in the spirit. And what does the devil use? Guilt and condemnation. Condemnation. Shame. Guilt. Condemnation. To do what? Like a puppet on a string. Control your life. Oh, I'm just so humiliated. It's not about you. It's not about you. You can't humiliate Jesus. And if I'm living by who I am in him, you can't humiliate me look at the next couple of verses in Romans chapter 8 for God has done what the law could not do its power being weakened by the flesh the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin God condemned sin in the flesh subdued overcame deprived of its power over all who accept that sacrifice did you get that? So that the righteousness or that, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfill, fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit, our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, but it's really the spirit of God on the inside. So in other words, we've got this warfare that's going on, and where is it? Right between our ears so the, our flesh wants us to, to listen to our feelings and emotions and kind of gravitate towards this way and just say you should get even with them you should I don't get even with them I get above them man I'm going to knock them in the head and do everything else but the man on the inside says you can't hurt me I'm walking in love praise God Jesus is alive in me I'm not even paying any attention to you because you know I, I know who I am on the inside there's two laws at work that law over there is the law of sin and death this law over here is the law of the spirit of life and guess what this law is higher than that law. And that law that's bound us, that deceived us, that made us think that's who we are, we operate in that law of love and praise. God. I've got love in me, joy in me, peace in me, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faithfulness. I'm living by that law. And that law is a thrust and lift. And that law is the law of gravity. The law of gravity is still working in the earth and it's working in your body and mind. But praise God, I'm operating in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus above the clouds of all that. Can you say Amen. Or you can say, yeah, I guess I'm just a nobody. That'll lead you to an early grave. Don't say you're a nobody. Jesus paid for you with his blood. To say that is an insult to him. Look at the next couple of verses, and this is the biggie. These are the biggie verses. Look at verse 5. Wow. You ready for it? For they that are after the flesh they do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity an active force of rebellion against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God which way is our mind leaning dare I even meddle on the way to church here this morning when there was a little bit of a disagreement between mom and dad and the kids are sitting in the back seat and they're getting antsy back there and they're getting a little bit nervous back there and no it's your fault no it's your fault honey it's your fault I told you to do this no I told you to do that um, calm down be the peacemaker be the peacemaker don't lean toward the flesh I know it hurts our feel bads. our feel bads are really really emotions that we know are true. But we make a decision I'm not leaning toward that. I'm just going to you know what it's a whole lot. The simplicity of the gospel is this it's a whole lot easier just to live by who you are in Christ. Is that simple. Look at the next verse. Second Corinthians chapter 10 because this is where the true battle comes in to play. This is our true spiritual warfare. I shared on Wednesday night there was a group of people at one point one time they thought spiritual warfare was truly spiritual warfare. They actually did this. They rented planes. They went up in the air in the heavenlies. They, they flew their planes way up there. And then when they got up there they, they actually had army fatigues on. They dressed themselves in army fatigues. They were the prayer warriors. They were going to go up there. They were going to pray down strongholds. Spiritual strongholds is what they were going to do. And they thought the higher they get up there the more effective that they were going to be. I'm, I'm, you could read the books on it. It's true. And, and there's always gullible believers it's they'll fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. And you know what? The devil loves it. He says, come on, keep on doing it. Keep on having at it. Here's the true spiritual warfare right here. For though we walk in the what? Flesh. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God that are pulling down of strongholds. Okay, what are those strongholds? Casting down imaginations. There are no imaginations up there. But there are many right here. And every high thing that exalts itself against the what? Knowledge of God. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And bring into captivity every what? Thought unto the obedience of Christ. That is the spiritual warfare that we're all engaged in. The enemy's trying to tell you, God's not going to meet your need. Go back to the garden. All their needs were met. All their needs were met. Were they not? All she had to do was just say, I believe God. I exalt his word above what you're saying. Guess what? In Christ. God has supplied all of our needs according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And when I make that declaration of faith, guess what? It's a truth. It's a reality. I've got to walk in it by saying I agree with it. Agree with God. Conform yourself to his will and great good will come to you. We are told in scripture. Get to know him. So our confessions of faith are not just me parroting someone else's scripture or whatever they say about God. I got a short. Does that help? (laughs) Okay, I got a short. Anyhow, we agree with God, we've got to agree with God our confession, our declaration of faith is based on I've sat before that scripture, I've viewed it over and over again and I see that the scripture says my needs are met in Jesus so guess what, I'm not buying your deceptive lie devil my need is met when the bible says by his stripes you were healed we're struggling to get healed and we've all been down this path we're struggling to get healed we're struggling to get healed he says by my stripes you were healed it's done and the devil says you're not going to get your healing you're not going to get your healing it's time to start saying too late i'm healed in jesus it's on the inside now. I'm agreeing with it. Now get it to the outside by my declaration of who I am in Christ and what I have in Him. I am whole. I am delivered. Oh, that's the one I love the best. Colossians 1.13 says, He delivered us from the powers of darkness. People are trying to get delivered, trying to get delivered. You are delivered. Accept your deliverance. Start walking like it's true. Start thanking of the Lord that you're delivered. And praise God, the devil will flee from you because he can't stand people that speak the Word of God. I wish I could get through the rest of this, but I'll have mercy on you. Praise and worship team, come on up here.